Hey, what's up, y'all? Matt here with Hatch and another episode of Belt By. We took a few weeks off, had a few projects we had to get through. Podcast is back on the rails this week, though. I'm very excited. And today's episode is a great kickoff because you're going to either love it or you're going to hate it. And when I say love it or hate it, I can already tell the ones that are going to hate this episode are the ones that kind of live by that credence of this is the way we've always done it. This is the way we're going to continue to do it. Like we talk about in the podcast, Vic Sun and I, you know, that is the biggest barrier to innovation. There's different ways to do it. And there's ways that people are building businesses. And I think that's kind of the niche that I found. And, and what I find interesting is that there's so many people out there kind of innovating things. And my guest a couple of weeks ago, Greta Barami, is a testament that you don't have to do things like everyone says you do. You don't have to canvas. You don't have to doorknob. You can build a business and honestly build a better business in your market if you just do it a little bit differently and, and maybe focus a little bit on the market. And that innovativeness and, and outside the box thinking is exactly why I'm excited about today's episode with Vic Sun. So Vic Sun is the CEO and founder over at One Leg Marketing. They're a marketing agency that was founded in the middle of a pandemic, but they've already seen 500% growth over the last six months. It's crazy. Vic is one of the most sought after marketing minds in the industry just because he has a different mentality uh, when it comes to promoting your business and getting your business out there and, and not wasting money and not wasting people's time. And we're going to dive into all of his like ideologies, what he thinks about how he would grow a business from the ground, the technology that he's telling companies to get, all of these cool things that I think are going to drive a lot of value for you. Without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and kick this episode off. Again, this is Vic Sun, who's the CEO and founder over at One Leg Marketing. I hope you enjoy. This is a podcast for home improvement and home services marketing. This is Built By. But you've got to be adaptable. You've got to find a way to accommodate an uncomfortable customer. If you're not getting the home advisor leads in the first five minutes, you shouldn't even do it. Hopefully we're eating their lunch while they're trying to get back up and running. been in the home improvement, remodeling, manufacturing space for the last uh, 15 years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, the last uh, eight, nine years, I was, uh, you know, an executive uh, for for one of the larger home improvement companies uh, out here in California. And we had service like, you know, other states like uh, Michigan. Um, in, in the eight years I was there, I was able to help grow the company to close to about $90 million started off at about six, $8 million. Wow. And, and I was in charge of predominantly mostly marketing, but you know, it segued into technology and innovation. And I had a really good, you know, um, relationship with my, with my former, um, boss who really, uh, tolerated, I would say, and, you know, had the stomach for uh, a bit of, my panache for experimentation and doing things that was in opposition to the traditional things that this space was doing. Mm -hmm. And so I think we, we, we grew, um, because of that. Um, and my, 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 um, my focus has really been marketing technology, right. Yeah. And, and, you know, marrying those two things in innovation. And now I obviously opened up one leg. And that was in during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, starting a starting a company during a pandemic is uh, is quite a quite an interesting like beginning building block. But you guys have seen success, and I think it's because you have such 
a different ideology when it comes to marketing. And, you know, you referenced this talking about your time at, at your last company, but um, your big thing is marketing waste. And that's really the tagline for one leg and, and cutting down marketing waste for the listeners. Can you describe what, what, what that is and, and your, your take there? It's really the marketing pollution that mm-hmm. surrounds us and that encroaches on our lives every day. It's, it's, you know, in, in, in home improvement, modeling, DTC manufacturing, which is all the places that I play in now um, with, you know, uh, our, our company does that, but it's ads that you ignore. It's mm-hmm. marketing promotions that annoy you. It's the um, thousands and hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars that are spent on campaigns pains that don't really enrich your life it really just annoys you and it's just it's a it's it's pollution really mm-hmm. right um and and it's pollution because a you don't want it b you didn't ask for it and, and c it's just terrible where you don't even get any type of reaction and this is how i kind of define that is a reaction or engagement is not um just being able to see it, right? right? It's you truly thinking, and that could be a negative thing. And a lot Mm -hmm. of people are actually afraid of that stuff, but um, which they shouldn't be, right? But uh, this this waste is really uh, uh, the things that really make uh, our lives worse, right? You know, you just think about the emails and the the thousands of emails that maybe you get in a week that you're just like, delete, 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 you know, (laughs) you don't even, you don't even read it. You know, people knocking on your door when you're just like, I don't want anyone knocking on my door. If I want your service, I will go and look for you, right? Yeah. Um, calls, calls that, you know, 37 calls in a week that you'd get <laughs> because you happen to stumble across their website, you fill out a form, now you're regretting it. That's waste, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And then essentially you're polluting the planet because let's face it, it, it if, if you're ignoring something, and that is really what's happening, people are, you know, getting anywhere between seven to 8,000 messages a day, right? Yeah. How many of them can you really remember? I mean, if you think yeah. about that. I right? mean, that includes, that includes like radio ads, billboards, emails, like just marketing messages daily. Yeah, and and it's, it's really, a, a, it's contributing to the, to the anxiety of people Mm-hmm. right to the type of um you know we're almost like just so numb by it that you 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 even build habits around it you swipe you know to go and delete stuff or you just you know you pick up stuff in the mail and you throw it right in the trash mm-hmm. you know and and i think that's that's what i'm against i think you know born out of the pandemic which i didn't i didn't plan i planned my exit you know, um, in 2019, and I knew I was going to do it in 2020. And the month that I opened the company, the pandemic hit right in February. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think born out of the pandemic, it's even more important that, you know, uh, listeners out there understand that it, it, people are, you know, have gotten all this digital stuff. And, and I think we're a necessity. Like my company has been built as, uh, you know, kind of the antithesis, the anti-hero to the, if you want to call, you know, the other advertising agencies or digital marketing agencies that have become kind of the the pillars of building this amount of, this machine that just chugs all this waste. Yeah. You know I mean, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's incredible. I mean, you know, not only taking the leap to start your own company, but but starting your own company with such a different outlook on things. And I mean, home improvement industry itself, and I've been in it for two years, I've seen it's it's a very brash in your face type of way that they've always done things. So what was your like, you know, starting the company with this different marketing background and trying to spread this message, which is, uh, you know, stop, stop doing how you've always done it. Right. And, and how is that message being received and, and with the companies that you're working with? Is it, is it hard for them to kind of get over that, uh, you know, the hump? So I think that I could say officially that I, I started the company last year, but we really just started about six months ago because that's mm-hmm. when our website came up and I was doing consulting really mostly most of 2020. Um, so we're six months old and, and and since then we've ballooned from, you know, one client or two clients that I had that, and now we're, 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 we're approaching double digits. Right. And I think we're going to pace about a million dollars this year, which is wow. crazy. If you think about, wow, it, it started six months ago and it's your first year. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and I think the, the, the success is a testament to, the uh, companies now starting to detest what they're used so used to. You know, there's right. still a lot of companies. I mean, we've spoken to a ton of companies that they're just way too traditional. Our mm-hmm. ideas are way too radical for them. And 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 when you when you really kind of nitpick at that, it's not that our ideas and our approach is radical. It's just they are not used to it. They're afraid, right? right? If you've been doing a program. Um, for so long, you know, I've got a client who's, you know, been around for 29 years, 30 years this year, and they've done canvassing since day one, the mm-hmm. owner, you know, cut his teeth doing canvassing It started the company, you know, with, with canvassers and the pandemic literally obliterated his workforce. And the company was so focused on canvassing and that was their biggest part of the workforce spending a hundred a month on payroll. And when the pandemic was like, you can't knock on doors, you can't meet people face to face. I mean, it just got obliterated. And that was a perfect opportunity for us to go and say, Hey, look, there are other alternatives. And when, when they saw that they really embraced it, they still went back to canvassing. They still, cause it's, but I realized it's really just based out of habit. So your question, you know, long, you know, the, the the long short of is, is people, People need to be baby step. And that's the thing what, what our companies are starting to get really good at at this point mm-hmm. is we don't take them from step one to 10. We basically go, look, we're going to go step one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do step it. one. Yeah. And yeah. if you don't, if you don't, you know, burst in flames, we'll go to step two. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that proof there is that our company has grown into companies that we've we continue to work with continue to sign up with us with longer term contracts they've they've established that there is a better way and it's such an it, it it's it's more effective than efficient mm-hmm. and i think the people who who do not want that um you know our company or our messaging or you know our ideas simply because they're just so used to it you know if yeah. if you're not if they spend ten thousand dollars and they're not getting 100 leads it's like it's the end of the world yeah and but, they, they don't they can't even think past the 
the uh, I didn't get a hundred leads when it's like, okay, well you made five sales out of the hundred leads with, <laughs> you know, you spent 10 grand, but with this program, you'll spend 10 grand, you'll get 65, but you'll make 10 sales yeah. and they just can't marry those two things together. Like they, yeah, the to ROI them, on spend. yeah, right. But again, it's, they get stuck in this, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, owners are, are, you know, we know in this industry and, uh, and I'll probably regret saying this at some point, but you know, they like to think that they're the experts. Right. And then they go, well, I know what a cost per lead is and I know how to calculate that. But at the end of the day, why do you care about a cost per lead if the marketing return is good? Mm. Right. Who cares about the cost per lead if it yeah. doubles? Great. But but at the end of the day, the way that you you go to your account and your, you know, your, your team is go, did we make money? And did we hit that goal? If you did in the marketing cost and it's low. So what? So what if the market, the cost per lead went up? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's fascinating. You know, we, we can spend too much time thinking about that top of funnel, like getting all these leads in, but what really matters is bottom of the funnel. Is it actually like contributing to revenue? That's fascinating. Vic, I want to dive in a little bit and uh, you know, we're going to get controversial here because I think that's, <laughs> I think that's how you're setting yourself apart from the crowd is going against the green. Right. And I want to dive into canvassing here and I think I found you because on LinkedIn, you had a post where it just simply said canvassing must die, <laughs> you know, talking about your time with, with that owner and, you know, his, his experience with canvassing and, you know, you were talking about a lot of things that make sense that I think a lot of owners and, and sales managers, marketing managers not, may not be thinking about, which is like hidden costs and, and things like that. So tell me about your, your ideology of, you know, canvassing and why you think, there's a better way to do things. Well, canvassing, you know, it, it's an outdated, it's a really outmoded way of, of really generating leads. First of all, it's all about persuasion. It's all about mm -hmm. physical, it's, it's brute effort in, 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 in generating, you know, revenue, for example, right? Through, through marketing. And nowadays, if you, if you just think about it, when you look at the metrics, Right. You just look at the pure metrics of it. Less than 5% of the country's home improvement companies, remodeling companies that do canvassing can actually make that um, efficient and effective and profitable. Mm. Okay. Their, their, their lead costs, their marketing costs are way up in the double digit 20s or 30s, <clears throat> sometimes even 50s. And it's just them rationalizing something that because they're so used to it. Okay. Right. So my thought on this is, 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 is if I look at people nowadays, people have changed in terms of their buying behavior in their intent in, right. So, you know, canvassing was a good methodology, you know, for generating leads back in the day when, you know, you were in towns where there were no malls and people had to go to you to sell their goods. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, when, let me just, just think about it this way. When you need something, what do you do? Go to Google immediately. <laughs> immediately from your yeah. phone. Yeah, exactly. Right? From your phone. And it's not like, let me go wait for somebody to knock on my door. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. So, so, and, and then if you think about it with the increasing amount of security systems that are being sold out there and the proliferation of it, Nest systems, Amazon, Ring, because people are afraid, like, you know, there's, you're always concerned, hey, there's strangers in your neighborhood. 
So there's so many things uh, on top of the fact that these are very inefficient campaigns where only one out of 10 canvassers will succeed. There's an attrition rate of over 500%, you know, sometimes up to, I mean, sometimes you get lucky and you maybe get 200%, you mm -hmm. know, so turning over the entire team twice, you know, yeah. at the end of the year. There's so much waste to do what? To produce a five, maybe percent return on, 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 on that. Yeah. I mean, literally, if you wanted bulk, I mean, you just think about digital marketing. You post an ad somewhere, you get millions of impressions right off, off the gate. You don't have to knock on one door. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, and it's just, I always ask this question, do the majority of people want it? This is so simple. Think about the simple human truth. Now, do people want it? Now, if the answer to that question is, well, do you want some stranger that doesn't announce when they're going to come? Mm -hmm. You don't know who they are. You've done no background check. And on top of that, they're going to knock on your door and start asking you for personal information. Right. Right. And you have to open the door for them. Right. And stand there. If you want that, great. Let's do that. Let's be creative with that. But if I survey 100 people, I mean, just think about it. How many of them will actually say, oh, I would love to do that? Yeah. I mean, personally, like my wife and I run into that problem all the time. The uh, the orchid man coming around, spraying for bugs. <laughs> right. And yeah. you go next door, right? Neighbors have people are like, hey, there's a stranger in my neighborhood and they're lurking around. You see <laughs> this stuff. So, you know, the question might be, you know, should you do it if people don't want it? Waste. It comes down to waste right there. I mean, you know, throwing a lot of money down the well. I mean, you've, you've got... You know, not only the 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 salaries you have to pay the canvassers, but also what the the cost of the the trucks driving around, and uh, you know the training that goes into it, and the training that goes into it with the turnover, right? I'll tell you something. Those are all things that people always forget, right? Like the recruitment costs, the training costs, the hiring, the firing, the, the turnover, the the fact that it's an inefficient campaign. You know, the fact that people don't want it, the fact mm -hmm. that you get complaints. The fact that you have to pay for workers comp and the cars and the food and, and the licenses per city. And then you have to renew that. And then the, the clothing is, and, 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 and the welfare of, and, and that's if you do everything right. Yeah. Here's the one thing that people almost always discount when it comes to canvassing your reputation. Oh yeah. True. Your brand. Mm -hmm. I mean, just think about it. I'm going to go and put my brand's reputation in the hands of a person that gets turned over all the time. So they're not bought in with my company. They're underpaid 10 to 12 bucks an hour. It's not like they're loyal to the company. They probably mm -hmm. just started. Okay. Right. They're probably not succeeding. They're going to be sweaty. They're going to be tired. They're going to be walking around. And this person is going to show up to a door sweaty, disgruntled, probably underpaid. I'll be tired. Right. Mm -hmm. And this person is going to represent my brand. Yeah. How much <laughs> get go. first impressions do matter, right? Yeah. And so you think about this, like people like, oh, they generate a lead. You know how many bad reviews and just the damage you've done mm -hmm. sending this person around? It's not this person's fault. It's your fault as an owner. It's your fault as a company. <laughs> You're tarnishing your brand. And I got to tell you, the, the companies that I've worked with that have canvassing, that's one of the first things they try to help, like, Come to me and say, how would you solve this? I'll tell you how I'll solve it. I'll shut down this program.
and put <laughs> put the resources somewhere else. Right. Yeah. I shouldn't. That's that's how you solve that. Yeah. Right. So I mean, when you when you have the, this is what I'm I'm like kind of interested in. I'm kind of blown away by is you know you've got these businesses that. The, the owner, like you said, you know, they built their business by doing it with canvassing. And I'm, I'm still seeing it everywhere. Everybody thinks this is the way that you have to build a home improvement business. Not everybody, but the majority of people, right? So you go to, you know, the the, the company you consulted with, um, the, very successful. He had built it with canvassing. And when you present this, you said there, were, there was pushback, right? And he did go back to canvassing. But you had the benefit of the pandemic, I guess, to really say, let's try something new. Let's try something out of the box. So how did you get that like buy-in from him to do this? And, um, you know, what, what did you do? What was the success that you saw there? It, it, it was actually quite simple. We said, let's do a test. Half mm-hmm. your team's still around and I'll take half the budget. And if I don't triple their performance of this, of let's say the 50,000 versus your 50,000, right? I said, I'll say, we will refund your fees. My company will refund the fees for one month. It was a 90 day test. So it's just like, okay, cool. I mean, you're going to get leads, right? It was a good deal. And and I was willing to make those because I was, I was my business, but I knew that, that, that we would, we would kill it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so evidence and proof is the way you do it. Right. Mm-hmm. We we put it in, in in Facebook. We developed their call center. We developed we, we redeveloped some parts of their website. We worked with their digital marketing agency and we coached them through it, which is kind of weird. Right. Because you're coaching another company that's supposed to know what they're doing. Yeah. And and lo and behold, there the, the 50,000 had one of the low like it was in the single digits, low single digits, five, six, seven percent um, cost. Mm. And, 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 and to me, it was like, there you go. There's your proof. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and there's another company in, in Portland, it's based out of Portland that, that consulted with me and they have, they're close to about $120 million. And again, canvassing. Right. And one of the things that, that I said was, look, if you're really bent on doing this, there is a way, mm-hmm. but it's not knocking on the doors. Right. You, you, you follow simple human truths. A neighborhood wants to enrich their neighborhood, not have a bunch of strangers knocking on doors. So here's what you do, right? You go to the city, you get a permit, you work with the town or the city or whatever, and you go and say, look, we're, we're going to hold an event. We're going to sponsor the event, right? Do you have, do you have events? Most, most of the nice neighborhoods will have some sort of event like, hey, there's this dog event right at the park, yeah. right? Now, last year, obviously, with the pandemic, this was uh, challenging, but now... Um, this is, you know, more doable. And and that is what I would do as an alternative to canvassing is I would go and work with the neighborhoods and I would host these events at the parks where families would come. If you had a pet event, sponsor that, be to get some swag. Now your canvassers are now promoters or brand ambassadors in this case, not but true. now you're attracting, you're not persuading. Yeah. Okay. And and when you do that, you create an environment where people are having fun or bringing their families, you know, they're more likely to go and generate high buying intent leads as opposed to somebody begrudgingly opening the door or like saying, I don't really want to do this, but you're at my door and you, I want you to go away. You know, I'm just too polite to tell you to go somewhere. You know what I mean? And, 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 and that's why you get leads with canvassers who are like, oh, I got 10 leads and one of them go through as a demo. And they're, yeah. and they're like, oh, that's, that's, that's pretty good. 
No, it's not. It's terrible. You've just damaged your brand. So I would do the events. I would do the events. Um, I would have teams where, and I covered this in one of my podcasts. And I said, you know, I kind of use that as a model. I, I said, look, if you have an exterior product, get one team of people. And what you do is you drone the neighborhood, yeah. right? You take photos, you, you do all of those things because it's public space, it's airspace right now, at least at this point. And what you do is you come up with, you know, you, you take photos and you can use that if you have an app or whatever technology that you can kind of implement, do the measurements, send them a nice little postcard. It's kind of very personal. Like here's your, here's your home with the new roof, with new solar, with, you know, you know, could this be you? Right. Come up with those things. People want that. People I, like people will go like, hey, look at this. They, they like my house with new stuff on it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I would consider that more of, you know, marketing and, and, and creative ways of doing things as opposed to kind of, you know, just using brute force, going to a neighborhood, dropping, you know, a van full of people, strangers, sweaty, knocking on doors, you know, damaging your brand. Uh, yeah. you know, coming up with these inefficiencies, have people come to you and and neighborhoods would love you because you if you sponsor events, you sponsor a park, you sponsor the materials at the park with your logo, you, they will do that. Some, yeah. I mean, most of the canvassers, uh, canvassing crews now, nowadays is continuing to exist. One of their, their part, parts of their methodology is looking for good neighborhoods. Yeah. Good neighborhoods of parks. Good neighborhoods have school districts that you know maybe hey donate something in there come up with a nice event right you know good neighborhoods have you know um they're very tightly knit on next door go and advertise on next door right sponsor something in there build some goodwill this way if you do end up still knocking on the door they'd be like well they are enriching my neighborhood (laughs) see that's what's fascinating like you're providing value in all these scenarios up front to the homeowners and they're going to be more, it's the give, give, ask mentality, right? Uh, you know, it, it's, it's fascinating because talking about brand reputation and I've seen this firsthand where I've seen a, like somebody post on Facebook in my neighborhood that an older couple got taken advantage of by a, you know, somebody that knocked on their door, walked on their roof and said, Oh, you need an entire new roof and you need to get this and that. And, the comments on that were so damaging to that brand. But it, then again, they brought it on themselves and you, you have these people out in the streets, you don't know what they're saying. You don't know what they're talking about and they could be easily damaging it. It's, it's fascinating, you know, just providing value and enriching the neighborhood, like you said. Yeah. And, and again, there's no continuity in it, you know, people who, who get into canvassing. So I also think about the human element, which, you know, I get it. Companies will not think about their people. But I think that's why where we're different. And we go and say, well, look, you're providing a low income, low level position that has no significant, you know, um, uh, kind of path to a better career. And, and if there were, it's like, oh, you'll be a supervisor. We'll bump you for like, you know, two bucks more an hour. Whoop de doo mm-hmm. Like, come on. Like, are you really providing an opportunity? Are you exploiting people? Yeah. And that's the part right there that, again, reputation, you get high turnover. What do you think you'll 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 be getting in glass door? Yeah. You think you'll be getting five star reviews from people who 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 you know there's like thirty people this month that you turned over, that you made them walk for five miles. They thought it was going to be fun because you sold them on this little seminar of yours to, to recruit them, and then they figured, holy crap, I'm getting paid 10, 12 bucks an hour to walk right this much, 
and to get door slammed in my face, cursed out, dogs running after me, right? <laughs> Police trying to go and arrest me, yeah. right? Homeowners, the crazy ones trying to like kidnap me and bring <laughs> me inside their home. For what, 10, 12 bucks? No, thank you. Right. I'm gonna go in Glassdoor and I'm gonna prevent this by bad mouthing your company and saying, oh, these guys are terrible. And I've only, you know, I, again, you, you basically get skewered both ways. I would not know why a company other than ego, I've just been doing it. And, and here's another thing. And again, I, you know, I'm not afraid to go and call it, I'm gonna call it what, what it is, but consultants in this industry, they're notorious for like, let's do brand ambassador programs and canvassing because it works. You know what? I see all these, these, these stuff on LinkedIn. Oh, look at me, I'm training. I would like to see them go and revisit that a year later and right. say, I trained 20 people and I want to look at those faces a year from now, there's still 20 people in there. Yeah. It's noise. And I get, I get flack for it from my team. My team is like, don't call them out, please. Because, <laughs> you know, we're going to lose business. I said, no, we're not. Cause those people, if, if they're continuing to do that and their, their, their ego is to the point where they're, they'd rather waste the money. They're not for us. Cause I will not work with those companies anyway. Right. My team refuses to, we have people who want change, who want to provide enriching marketing and advertising, build their brand doing it and mm -hmm. generate revenue and profits. We don't need to force ourselves to go and say, well, you know, can you just make this a bit better? you know, because it's a terrible campaign. No, sometimes you just got to say no. <laughs> no, I will not damage my brand because you're interested in doing yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's right, man. Uh, you know, it's fascinating. I, and you've given some examples too, and I really want to dive in here. I know we're going to be running up against time soon, but, you know, let's say that you're starting a, a home improvement company. What are some of the things that you think every home improvement company needs in place when it comes to, you know, technology, um, if it's, if it's processes, what, what are, what are the essentials in your mind? Essentials, um, you know, I think there's so many, I mean, really, um, and I've worked with a bunch of startups to, to, to know that there's just an infinite amount of things, but you need a, a marketing and advertising plan, mm. right? You have you can't be you can't be shooting from the hip. You have to have a plan, and the plan has to be defined. That's going to be part of your brand, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of companies when they when they do the marketing side of things, they go, "I want leads." Well, you just want leads. Like, who are your who's what's your ICP? What's your ideal customer profile? Who mm -hmm. are they, right? Do you have you have you drawn out their user journey? Have you put together a plan where you know this is what's going to happen? Right. And I think that's that's one of the essentials. The other part of there is um, we have a value called omotenashi. And I think in this day and age, it's appalling that, you know, that people don't subscribe to this. And omotenashi is really the philosophy of customer is God. Right. Mm -hmm. It's a Japanese philosophy where you uh, anticipate what people need and, and provide that to them without expecting anything in return. Um, in Asian tradition, you go to stores, they just bow, they say, you know, they say, welcome. You know, you don't see that in America, right? Because appallingly in, in, in the US customer service, the standard is like, you know, embarrassingly low. So I think that's the other part is having great customer service. Okay. That philosophy drives your 
not only the intention, but also the delivery of the things that you do from your installation, right? Because you, you, you start thinking, okay, sell the job, right? Now I've got to install it. What do people want? People want to communicate. So you probably want to have, you know, a, a good communication system. It doesn't necessarily mean you, you need to have a call center, but you should have these elements where you can text people, um, contact them via phone if they if they do want it, uh, emails, right, when they want it. Um, and again, that boils down to the first thing, which is having a plan, right? And, right. And, 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 and knowing that. And I think the very last part there would be just leadership. I think it's, you know, a lot of contractors start off, you know, because they, they think they can install a job, they can develop a, you know, um, there's been companies that were built by people who are in marketing and sales, but overwhelmingly there's a lot of contractors who are started because the person themselves was a practitioner, right? right. Um, just because you know you can install something really, really well doesn't mean customers are going to be happy. That's an expected thing nowadays. Yeah. So the leadership side is know that, you know, you need good people, right? You can't do it on your own. Um, and I think that's the very last element is the leadership knowing that you're going to have to have good people, the best people. Yeah. And without that, I think the rest of it kind of falls apart. Yeah. And I, I've had conversations where where people realize they weren't very good at running the actual business and, and working on the business versus working in the business. So, you know, maybe sometimes it's it's finding a partner, pivoting and some, doing something along those lines. Yeah, that's, that's fascinating, Vic. And I want to dive in to what you were talking about, you know, not everyone needs a call center, but in your past, I know you've, you've had experience with call centers and at what point and at what level, when it comes to communicating with customers, do you think a call center or contact center or whatever you want to call it, when, when is that kind of essential in your mind? I, I think it's essential and to put context into it, based on your model of communicating with the clients, right? Mm -hmm. So the traditional model for call centers in the home improvement space, for example, has predominantly been they generate leads, the call center now tries to convert on them by scheduling those appointments, right? Mm -hmm. To get those salespeople, the demos and the sales. Um, and I think that's just a very barbaric way of looking at the call center because now you, you, you look at technology nowadays, people don't wanna get phone calls. Hmm. Right, robocall. I mean, just think about it. You see a number on your phone that you don't recognize. Maybe you fill out a form, and you're maybe expecting. But like, what do you what do you do when you when you see a number that you don't recognize on your phone and it's ringing? Yeah, I've got this app called a uh, RoboBlocker. So mm -hmm. yeah, it and it, it runs you, through a you know spam database. Right, and I think that the part there now is that call centers. You have, you, they have started to to evolve, right? Where, you know, AI and and SMS messages and the ability for reps to be able to email, those are things now that need to be part of the augmenting of the position. Right. I still believe that people want to speak to people, but you should give people that option. You should give them the freedom to choose, right? right? And and I've built call centers and and uh, you know I've I've seen it grow from it was just phone calls to the staff being able to go and set up and confirm it all one person to them being able to set you know with text messages and emails and it works because the more you upskill them so I think it's it's really going to be defined by the organization organizations that kind of look at their call center as well all you're doing is setting appointments it's like canvassing 
you're really setting them up for failure because who wants to just keep calling, 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 right? I mean, just you play the numbers. I'm a numbers, I'm a numbers fanatic when it comes to 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 you know Excel spreadsheets and and, and making sure it works because you need that. But I'm also the person who, who thinks about things in the way that you can't fit everything neatly in a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. And and the, and the things in the world that that continue to remain as a problem, they cannot be solved through logic. If they were, they'd be solved. So the existing problems in the world nowadays, you can't solve them through logic, right? So they exist and they continue to exist because the only way to solve them is through the emotional part of it, not the logic part. And people refuse to understand that, right? So call centers, if you're not upskilling your staff, they're not doing more, you're not using text and you're not giving them the freedom to communicate with the clients. you're you're gonna get you're gonna get bumped off because people now are evolving, right? People want people are more into self in service and automation. Yeah, right. I mean, just think about it. People now cook less because they can order food from an app <laughs> and and be brought to your door. And I pay a premium, but I enjoy the rest of my time, and I don't talk to a human being. Yeah, and I don't have to drive somewhere. Right. I, I can check in to a hotel and, and buy, you know, my tickets and everything without talking to anyone or being hassled for 15 minutes. I yeah. can schedule my appointment on on a website or on an app. Why in the world would you build a call center where the interaction that they have is like seven to 15 minutes of scheduling an appointment with a person and then sending that call to another human being to confirm, it boggles me. <laughs> That's it's waste, it's waste. And it's, it's waste. just, yeah. and it's just, this is how, this is the, my, my, my favorite thing, right? Last year, the uh, phrases, right? We have this in my company where we go, what are the, the top phrases? And one of our top phrases, but that's always how we've done it. Mm. We hear that and we, we like put it with dollar in the jar in a virtual jar every time somebody <laughs> says that, you know, it's like, that's how we've been, that's how we've been doing it. That's what we've, that's what we've succeeded with, Yeah, you know? And, and to me, look, if, if somebody is in front of us and they go, that's how we've been doing and that's what we've succeeded and what you're presenting is we've never succeeded with that. My only question after that is, so why are we having a conversation? Right. I mean, if you like it so much, if you think that that's so great, what am I doing here? Yeah. Right? What, what am I? What's my team doing on this phone call? Um, you know. Crazy, yeah. I mean, that, yeah. that phrase is the biggest barrier to innovation in any, you know, in any industry, but especially home improvement. I feel like it's it's slowly but surely getting there. And I know the pandemic exacerbated it and kind of sped things up a little bit, but. You know, companies are going back to some of the old ways they've always done it. So it's really interesting, man. Um, I know we're we're up against time here, Vic. So I have one last question. I love to ask every guest, and uh, the answers are always interesting. And I keep it vague on purpose. But uh, what's the number one piece of advice you would give to anyone in the home improvement industry right now? One. Okay, that that is a good <laughs> question. I would say. If it was advice, okay, and, and it's to anyone, like, or is it to an owner, like, just anyone, <laughs> just keeping it vague, you know, <laughs> right? Um, it makes I it more. Think, yeah, um, I think I would I would go in and and say, you know, 
not everything can can be explained you know through numbers and again getting fit fitted neatly into a spreadsheet mm -hmm. to that little field yeah. you know just because you can quantify something doesn't make it true or it doesn't make it that it's it's right it doesn't make it where it's 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 what you're supposed to be doing right our company we we came up with this we like to call ourselves the left brain technology you know experts and i think that simple human truths you know should be the focus you know everybody else is so good with numbers you should be good with people yeah the qualitative versus quantitative argument right yeah and and the irrational the illogical and those sort of things that 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 people don't seem to focus on because they're so focused on you know marketing um i'm in marketing and, and, and advertising and you know those pale in comparison to to simple human truths that really affect people mm -hmm. right and 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 if there was that advice is focus on that focus on the humans and not the numbers focus on the people element of things because again just because it makes sense it makes sense to launch ten thousand emails a week right especially if you've got a list and you've got content to serve mm -hmm. it it makes sense to go and 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 call someone 37 times just because they haven't picked up the phone and they did fill out a lead form and you want to make sure you maximize you know the the value right when you look at the people people don't want 37 calls they want one text message maybe one phone call and that's it mm -hmm. right they want um you know they want you to 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 let them make those decisions right mm -hmm. it it makes sense not to give people you know a quote to, to leave them a quote when you finish your presentation because they might peddle it to other companies and and, and get other quotes and compare that but people yeah. want you to leave that quote yeah right it makes sense and people yeah. want to buy they don't want to be sold to right that's Exactly. And mm -hmm. if you did that, I think that advice would turn into the happiness. And again, we are, uh, you know, I hate calling ourselves an agency because we, I really don't see us as such. We're, we're a customer experience co-op, right? We cooperate mm -hmm. and collaborate with companies and other partners. And, and, and the one thing that we will, um, you know, we will not do is work with jerks. And so mm -hmm. I would say that I'll take my own advice in that, in the sense that, if I sense that the person doesn't care about the people element, right, and they and, and they focus too much on the numbers, uh, it's not exciting for us, and it's that's not something that's worthwhile. So focus on the people, and I think that will bring you success. And if it doesn't, it's the right thing to do. I think. Yeah. Well, Vic, you uh, you nailed it. <laughs> it's uh, you know that, that's why I love that question. You. Well, thank you. The, yeah, the, it's a good the question. Answer, yeah, the the answers that come out are always fascinating, Vic, and. You know, we're up against time now, and I, I think you saw this has been a great episode, and thanks so much for coming on. Thank um, you for having me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So for the listeners that want to learn more about you or One Leg, and I know you have an awesome podcast. I've listened to a few episodes myself. Um, where should they go? Where can they find you? Uh, it's simple. Um, our website is zeromarketingwaste.com. You can look me up on 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 LinkedIn, right? And mm -hmm. and really follow the 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 Flamingo or on all the the major social networks. Um, but I think you know, um, 
I would I would like for everyone to to just go on LinkedIn, connect with me, right? Whether you're an existing customer or just have some topic, you know, like you'll find me on LinkedIn. I mean, that's that's where yeah. most people are, you know. So yeah, they'll find you on LinkedIn and uh, they'll get challenged, and that's that's my favorite interactions, Vic. When you, <laughs> LinkedIn, you bring you know, that outsider perspective. It's awesome. Yeah. I, I like your, your your posts and you know they're compelling and and to me look I'd rather go and see posts where I see like even for me if I if somebody challenges me, I, I prefer that even if it's negative mm -hmm. because the alternative is they ignored it and that to me that's worse mm -hmm. I'd rather have somebody go and say something negative even though it's negative because I prefer that to the alternative of that post being ignored that's yeah. waste mm -hmm. yeah absolutely well, Vic, again, thanks so much for coming on, man. Uh, we'll definitely have to do this again, and I, I appreciate your time. Jay. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you very yeah. much.